Strachan and Bell together. There's Cooper breaking through. A chance now. This will be the fourth ball for Aberdeen. when things are going wrong against you if you don't get the breaks of the ball Cooper in with Stewart he didn't really know where the ball was but he got the break and as you say it's a schoolboy's dream being able to take your time knowing that really all you got to do is crack it into the back of the net Hello and welcome to the latest Here We Go podcast. Well, we've been here before, haven't we? A big game comes up, we convince ourselves that we can do it this time. Your favourite Don's podcast lines up a high-profile guest in anticipation of a famous victory. And then, well, uh, the groundhog day of another semi-final Scottish Cup exit, our third in a row. And here to help us work through the frustration and disappointment of another... Well, not that near, in all honesty. Miss is the man whose voice has been synonymous with Scottish football on the radio for nigh on 30 years now, Richard Gordon. Richard, delighted to have you back on. Yeah, absolutely delighted to be back. Shame it wasn't in uh, more questionable circumstances. I couldn't quite uh, make it out from the radio whether you were at the game on uh, Sunday or back in the studio. Were, were you one of a lucky few at Handon? No, I wasn't. Um, because of the whole circumstances around COVID, obviously, and restrictions, uh, it has pretty much been deemed that whoever's presenting the programme does so from the studio. So, um, yeah, I was gutted initially because I did have hope, certainly not expectation, but I had hope. I thought if we could play the kind of game that we played in the 3 3 draw and cause the kind of problems for them that we did last Sunday, that uh, there might have been a chance there. But the back of my mind, uh, knew that if Celtic played and there was every chance they were going to in the wake of all the criticism everything that had been going on I fully expected them to put on some kind of performance so um, given the weather <laughs> and given the results that the wasn't a bad place to be Have you actually been inside the ground for any of the games this year? Yeah I've, I've done four or five commentaries I know we're going to be talking about Hebs I've seen him a few times in the flesh uh, it's a totally bizarre experience yeah, um, I've got used to it. I have got used to it. I mean, I, you just some of the grounds play in in pan crowd noises, which throw you a wee bit because um, they are not using the still scaled definitions that Sky are using. There's a cheer quite tie up with what's happening in the game, uh, and that that does add a bit of a comic um, humour to it. But, uh, no, I mean, look, it's weird, but it's been lovely just to get the chance to see a few games of football, uh, which we've all been starved of for so long. Well, quite. Um, also with us tonight, live from the footballing hotbed of Milan, it's Christy Keenan. Evening, Christy. How are you guys? Nice to be back. Uh, when we last spoke to you back in March, the UK had just entered lockdown, about six weeks behind your experience. Um, how is the situation uh, now over in uh, northern Italy? It's actually... <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've gone through a lot of swings between then and now, but we're pretty much where we were when we last spoke. It's um, The figures ain't looking good. It's not the best place um, 
to be right now in terms of the numbers. But, you know, just keeping the head down, trying to stay indoors as much as possible, not expose ourselves to risk um, unnecessarily. My, my wife's a school teacher, which doesn't help because, you know, she has to be in and amongst the school kids every day, um, none of whom, you know, can really stick to the rules. Um, but you just do what you can. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's strange, isn't it? We've had quite impassioned calls from people within football and, and fans like ourselves to let us back into games and here's us uh, in many parts of this country and many parts of Europe back into full lockdown. Um, just, a, just a question, uh, Christy, as an expat who would normally watch games on Red TV um, as a matter of course, have these matches had a different feel to them? You know what? Not, not for me because I watch on mute anyway. <laughs> it's made it's made uh, it's made no odds to my to my viewing experience. I never listen to the commentary. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope that Dave McDermott's listening to this. Well, I would put that as unlikely, but. Um, <laughs> Well, I'll make sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing against those guys. It's just a, it's a fairly small apartment, and it's you know Saturday afternoon. It's like we're both in the we're both in the living room. What are you going to do? You know, I watch on mute. Well, that's uh, that's uh, showing a kindness to your partner, and um, yeah. Uh, but but anyway, um, to the grisly matter at hand, and uh, Sunday's semi-final defeat, as I think Richards made the point. I'm of the opinion that for us to win these games, we need a lot of things to go right. Not every last thing for us to be on top and then to have a, a failure. Not every last thing. If we were playing by a minute this weekend, we would need absolutely everything to go right. But we need a lot to go right. And it's fair to say that quite a lot didn't go right yesterday. And I think we can probably break that down further to the stuff we can control and some stuff we can't control. So to that first category, the controllables. I believe that the system was something which, if Derek McInnes had his chance again, and which I think, as we showed during the change during the match, that he he would uh, go with a different system. Richard, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's probably fair enough. You, you realise that, um, and it was down to, and it was one of the uncontrollables, was not having Johnny Hayes, who clearly in his early incarnation with us wasn't a defender, but but became more of a defensive talent um, than playing that left wing back role so you had two guys playing out there who are not defenders and um, it became very clear as Celtic stepped up and became or took a bigger hold in the game that they were killing us they were killing us down the, the sides there um, and eventually they did make the switch um, the, the, the argument then of course is you have taken with Crowley out of the midfield and I think he and Luke Ferguson have every argument that they're the best central midfield partnership in the country right now So, um, and Ross simply went there and he, he played his part, uh, absolutely he can play the position, there's no doubt about it but I just feel you, you miss him out there and it was almost a case of, of too late wasn't it, I mean, we, we stabilised we, we certainly weren't under any great pressure for large chunks of that game, in fact I don't think Joe would have saved today in the, the second half, really. Um, so I think you're probably right, but I can understand why he went with the way he did. It's largely served him well throughout this season. And I've got to say, I looked at the team beforehand, I was pleased that there were so many attacking options on the pitch. Um, and I thought we had a chance. 
Christy, my statement to you would be that it was the wrong formation, but it was done for the right reasons. I think that's, uh, you know, in, in obviously it's open to interpretation, but if, if by that you mean, um, you know, a, a couple of square pegs and round holes, but we were doing it to try and win the game as yeah. opposed to minimise their threat, then I, I 100% agree. I, I think um, I think the, the setup was right. I think it gave us the highest probability of winning the game. Um, and we're, we're a big underdog, you know, so, so anything we can do to, to pump up our chances that little bit. Also, there's the, the psychological angle or aspect of Celtic's recent bad run. Um, by, by going with the attacking lineup, by trying to get that first goal and, um, <laughs> you know, if there were fans in the ground, we'd talk about the fans turning against them, but, you know, just the, the, sort of heaping a bit of extra pressure on them and seeing if they would crumble. I think he, he went about it exactly the right way. What I would not have wanted to see is us um, try and try and minimise their threat and not give ourselves much of a chance of winning a game bar, you know, maybe getting a wee bit lucky with a set piece or something. I, I like that we didn't try and rely on luck that much, you know. We went to, to make our own luck and we, we took the game to the match, we, you know, I thought we were the better side for the first um, 10 minutes or so. Then we, we didn't get another kick for the next 15, and then it was game over not long after that. Um, but no, I've, I've no um, I've no problem and no criticism when it comes to the selection or the formation. I have to say, the one thing that surprised me with the selection was starting with Sam Cosgrove. I, I thought he's still just feeling his way back. I can understand, given Sam's records, why... Derek was tempted to do so, but I just felt that he might have been better being held back in reserve and giving Ryan Edmondson the, um, the striking role initially. Well, there's two points to that. Firstly, I suppose that Ryan Edmondson was also a bit of an injury doubt coming into the game, wasn't he? After the, the sort of clash that he had uh, with the South Stand wall um, the week before. Um, and also, well, we touched upon this in the, in the post-match podcast we did yesterday, Richard, but I kind of felt that he was in possession of a jersey, but he was very anonymous when he was on the pitch last week for his hour or so, and he almost played himself out of the starting jersey. Well, look, that's a fair point, because Sam certainly made something of an impact when he came on uh, in the 3-3 draw. I just felt that um, he had a couple of chances, didn't he, at the head of early on, and a, a fully functioning Sam Cosgrove you'd have expected to do better, certainly with, uh, with one of them in particular. Um, and you know there were those two, and there was the the chance for Ryan Hedges, and that was pretty much it. In that right spell, and um, Christy, I think it's absolutely right. We get the goal during that spell, then the pressure piles on them. And it's a very different question that's been asked about Celtic team. Well, certainly one of the things we had to do if we we're going to get a pass to Victory Martin was to try and get it to a back line, and I, I think as Christy has pointed out, that the setup allowed us to do that, and it did work to that extent in that. Uh, Matty Kennedy was uh, getting a fair bit of joy up the left-hand side. You know, if we want to talk about things that went right, that was certainly something that went right. Um, but it, it was always going to be the case that uh, we were going to have to do better than we did with the sort of half chances that we created. So you've got the Cosgrove efforts, you've got that opportunity that uh, Ryan Hedges had when he was played through by Scott Wright as well. Yeah, and I think that's where the, the frustration is coming through. And I've seen... Um, I mean, I, I I was fully on board with Cosgrove starting. I think you know I've said said several times here on here that he's 
in my opinion, he's the best striker at the club. So, you know, if he's even if he's only, you know, 70% fit, then you, know, you, you play him from the start and you get what you can out of him and then you look to make changes. Uh, but um, a lot of the frustration that's coming from coming and, and being directed to, towards Cosgrove over the last sort of 24 hours um, is because you know he had those two chances early. Uh, I think I still think he should have done better with the first one after what 50 seconds, whatever, with the header. Um, I would have liked at least get it on target. Um, the other one was just a kind of half chance at the back post. Uh, but you know you're right. You have to you have to be you no. Know, if you're against Celtic, you're not going to get. You know we're not going to be getting you know, 10, 15 chances at goal. Um, it's just it just isn't going to happen. I'd like it to be, but you know we have to be real, realistic. Uh, we're playing against we're playing against a team with you know, you know spent a lot more money, have a, have a higher quality of footballer in their side than us. So we're not going to be you know, we're not going to rack up chances. So what we have to do is when you get into these good positions, you need great good deliveries. And I think that you know Kent, Matty Kennedy yesterday uh, did did really well. Um, no, I know you get you get you get you get more, don't get as much from him defensively as you do with Johnny Hayes, but you just have to just have to deal with that. But going forward, I thought he was really good. Did some good some good balls into the box. Um, he was very he was really busy. He was you know, he was causing them some problems on on the left hand side. And the, and the chance and the, the, the couple of half chances came. It's just unfortunate, you know. Let, and then you know, I think and that's everything Richard said there. You know, Sam Cosgrove three or four games down the line. When he's when he's fully fit and I don't know for lack of a better term he's got his eye in I suppose you would say um, he's going to get them on target and he's probably going to put at least one of them away. Another thing I thought we could have controlled better um, and you know maybe Rudai was already cast after that first goal, um, but the reaction to going one 0 down I didn't think was great and certainly Richard the the defending for the second goal there's a couple of mistakes there. A couple of things where I, I would hope our defenders would deal with their one to one situations better. Yeah, I mean, the problem was we didn't have much time, did we? I mean, it was about four, four and a half minutes later, and, and it's two. And at that point, you're facing up to the potential of becoming really messy. The same time I had Hamden, which is not an experience that we would have enjoyed. Uh, they needed to, I guess, if they'd gone a bit longer, to get them out, get settled down. But yeah, there were there were clear mistakes. I mean, Andy Considine's been almost faultless this season, but... Uh, you know, he'll look back on that second goal and he'll feel he should have reacted more quickly, he should have got there ahead of El uh, Unity. I would say it was just the most outrageous cross ball from Rogan. I mean, I don't think any of us expected him to be putting that in. And he certainly caught he caught Joe out. And it was just whether it was whether it was um one hundred percent exactly what he meant or not maybe open to conjecture, but it, it caught everybody out. Um and the moment El Unity smashed just that one into the nets, then you just know we're up in the back. We, there's no way Celtic are losing a two-goal lead in a semi-final at Hampton. This is maybe slightly less of a controllable, Christy, but you know I, I compare what Elianusi uh, uh, was able to do with that crossball, meant or not, to you know when we had set-piece deliveries, we weren't able to provide better quality into the box uh, on those occasions. Yeah, it's it's a frustration. The, the reality is, um, I thought it was a, a lucky cross. I thought um, Elianusi was was um, shouldn't have been able to get in there. I think Considine was at fault. He was ball watching. Um, so it's one of those where, like, I don't know, more more by luck than design. And you know, we we didn't really get much of that. But yeah, we we could have. 
Well, we could have done better when we got the ball into good areas, which seems to have been the, the pattern of the last couple of weeks against Celtic. You know, we've had plenty of the ball in good areas and not created enough from them. Um, we've, we've been shocking at um, set pieces all season, really, haven't we? Like, we've, we've really not been much of an aerial threat in the box or nowhere near enough um, of an aerial threat in the box without Cosgrove. So I completely understand, just to bring it back to Cosgrove, I completely understand why we started him because he does give us that focal point that no one else seems to. Um, but yeah, just in general, you know, we get the ball into good areas where we obviously we didn't have McGinn playing, who's probably our best um, deliverer from out wide. Um, yeah, just just add it all up and it's it's not... Um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't add up to making great chances in their box, unfortunately. Yeah, the the XG, the expected goals um, from us from set pieces this season has been way down on what we might expect, and probably quite a lot of that is the fact that you know now McGinn's not been on the pitch that often. I just want to explore, Tristy, maybe the 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 Sam Cosgrove thing again because that, you know I, I see some stuff and I I think it's fairly ill informed that that there was a change to the way we played on Sunday because Cosgrove started. I didn't see any evidence of that whatsoever. No, I, I can't get behind that at all. I think um, when you've got a defensive line as vulnerable as Celtics, and you know Celtics' defensive line is really bad, like or it has been this season, um, and certainly in recent weeks, and you've got a proven goal scorer at this level like Cosgrove. I know he's not fully fit, no question about that, but... I think we'd be crazy to not play him and with the instruction to just get in amongst them, you know, as much as possible. And I think, um, I think Sam did that. That's just, um, you know, it just didn't play out that well for us. But like, that's the most, um, like that, just to bring it back to what I said earlier, I guess that gave up, in my opinion, the, the tactics we had with Cosgrove up front and getting the ball wide and trying to get it into the box gave us the best possible chance of, um, getting something from the game, getting a win from the game. Um, so yeah, I'm not having it at all when people say we we chose the wrong tactics by playing Cosgrove. Um, if we hadn't played Cosgrove, we would have played Edmondson and <laughs> adopted the exact same strategy. So it just you know, Watkins was is nowhere near, um, in my opinion, nowhere near the the guy to be playing as you know back to goal target man or you know number nine figure. Um, he's a very um, adequate supporting striker. So those were some of the things that we could have controlled, we could have done better, we could have influenced the outcome with. I think there were certain things which we couldn't control. And, and uh, Richard, you, you'd already touched on John Hayes. I'll ask the other guys to, to talk a bit more about him um, in a few minutes. But I think we also, as much as we've criticised the defending for Celtic second, you have to acknowledge the quality of... Uh, Ryan Christie's opening goal and you also have to ask you know if Ryan Christie can maybe do that say 10 times in 100 do we have anyone in the side that can do that one time in 100 yeah look Niall McGinn has done it in the past um, but Christie is just a he's, he's a wonderful talent um, I mean I just loved the time that he had with us and uh, I was asked recently talk about the, the best goals I've ever seen and, and Zinedine Zidane the Champions League final for me the best but the best in an Aberdeenshire was Ryan in that game against Motherwell a 7-2 game um, which was just a sublime he's done it for Celtic United Scotland there's a clear 
if you, if you dissect it all, yeah, you could, you could have been out. I think it was Andy again, wasn't it? Could have been out, just closed him down a bit more quickly. But the moment he gets it there, you know what he's going to do. Stopping him is it's almost impossible. I mean, you saw how far away he got it from Joe Lewis, and it takes some piece of skill to beat Joe Lewis from that kind of distance. But the moment he cut in, he almost knew what was going to happen. Um, so no, it was sublime. It was absolutely magnificent of Christie, and um, it would be churlish to say anything, say anything else. I, I've still got a lot of affection for Ryan. I just think he's a smashing player for us. Um, he's a lovely kid, and um, he might be wearing the hoops now, but I, I just can't, I just can't take that away from. It's one of the. Uh, it was a goal that very much benefited from um, the very curious decision to have the cameras on the other side of uh, the, the Hampton um, this weekend, because obviously you, you got the angle from behind as opposed to. Yeah. Uh, any insight as to why that was the case, Richard? No, I've got no idea. I, 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 I was in the studio watching the first game, and early on, Ryan Christie tell there was something. It was, it was obviously listening to the radio commentary in the studio and watching the pictures. And it just wasn't quite marrying up for me, and I realised why. Um, so I've got no idea. I suppose, I mean, presumably it is COVID-related, because it's quite a big gantry there, but I know the guys are well spaced out. So what they've done is they've simply moved the main cameras across to the other stands, where there are no other media representatives there. But very, very strange. Yeah, especially after we've had the Scotland games there this season already, and yeah. Uh, yeah. they were in a normal position. But I suppose that was maybe... When they recognised there might be an issue, Johnny Hayes being out. Martin's already kind of spoken to this on, uh, on Sunday's podcast, Christy. But um, in terms of making that system work, the three-four-three, three, he's absolutely key to that. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's and and just like on the simplest possible level, you you're always up against it if your best players aren't available for the biggest games. Um, we we missed Hayes massively in recent years. And um, although Kennedy's um, does a you know a, a very sort of passable Johnny Hayes impression, um, Johnny Hayes is is still the the guy for that role. So yeah, we we missed him. Um, and could I, can I just say something on the Ryan Christie goal? By the way, um, like the other thing is um, you. <laughs> I don't know how to say this without sounding ridiculous, but you you want him to shoot from there. You know, it, like. It's, he's a huge underdog to score from there, and the closer they get to the box, or the you know the more time they have on the ball around the box, and they can work it into the box, the the higher their chances are of of scoring. Like with Joe Lewis in goal, and basically anyone who's realistically going to be shooting from from what twenty whatever that was twenty eight yards or whatever, um, you'd fancy Joe Lewis. Like of course some are going to go in. On occasion, um, and I would have liked us to have pressed a bit, a bit faster and hurried his shot a bit. But you know, sometimes you just got to hold your hand up and say that's an unbelievable goal. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a Don's mistake, unlike the second one. It was just a phenomenal goal. I can't wait till he buggers off to Newcastle or wherever he's eventually going to go, and so I can start enjoying enjoying him as a player again because he's such a good player. But I hate seeing him play for that long. I, I've got to say, even if um, even if we had closed him down more quickly, I still think he's got enough time to do that. Yeah. Um, as you say, Christy, generally, you know, I mean, it, it reminds me of it was Chris Boyd, wasn't it, who shouted to Scott McKenna, shoot. 
yeah, yeah, exactly. Scotty then did. Um, I just think Ryan has got that talent, and half a yard is almost enough for him to to do that. Um, and from the moment it left his food, it was going nowhere else but the top corner. Yeah, it was unreal. And I just like, I'm sure I'm not the only Don's fan who feels like this, but I'm just desperate for Scotty Wright to to step up and be that guy for us. Because he's got that talent. Okay, maybe not quite Ryan Christie level of talent, but you can see the talent and potential he's got, like that game-winning talent. And it's it's just unbelievably frustrating when um, when you see someone like Scotty Wright with all the talent in the world blow hot and cold as he as he unfortunately does. Um, just desperate for him to to relish the big games and step up and do things like that. I've got to say, I, I share that, that view, and, and I've thought that from the moment I saw Scott come into the team. There is something very special there about Scott. I felt that what he needed more than anything was just to run, run in the team, and he's had that for the largest part of this season. And I think the signs are better, Yeah, yeah but it'd be lovely. It'd be lovely just to see him really possible. But when the dust has settled, that is five defeats from five for Derek McInnes' Aberdeen versus Celtic at Hamden. Only scoring the one goal, Johnny Hayes in the Scottish Cup final a couple of years ago. Is there any evidence, Martin, that we are getting closer or we can bridge that gap? I mean, I think I think there is. I mean, we've we've had some positive signs in some of the league games. Um, I know, obviously, Hamden, neutral, neutral ground is different. The problem we've got, I suppose, is that... I'm not using this as an excuse because I know I've seen a lot of people use it in the last 24 hours as well. It was like moaning about budgets and stuff like that. No, but with the, the difference in budgets, you need... When we turn up at a neutral state, neutral ground for a cup final or a semi-final, you're looking at probably seven or eight of the guys need to have an eight or a nine out of ten game. Um, and you need them to be slightly off it. Um, and that's the problem, whereas like last weekend they were off it. This weekend they weren't. I mean, the, pr- the problem is that you know, it's not just us. You know, they're going for, what is that, a quadruple treble or something. You know, Everybody else has got the same problem. Even the Rangers, with the money they've been spending as well, still can't get close to them and lay a glove on them in in cup competitions. Um, so it's it isn't just us. I mean, we we just happen to have been the team that's been there more than others, um, which makes it look like you know and you know it look like we haven't been able to to deliver. Which you know, but it just happens to be that you no, know, they are they are a better team than us, and we need to just perform out of our skin on that day and unfortunately that hasn't happened with enough of the players we've had one or two players in these games perform really well but then we've let ourselves down with silly mistakes or we've seen in some of the past games in some of the league cup games where a silly red card or something daft happens or you give away a daft goal um, and that's what we need to we need to get away from doing Christy, you know a lot about probability, um, you play a lot of poker, talk to us about that because say on Sunday we maybe had a 1 in 6 chance, that doesn't mean if we play Celtic 6 times we'll definitely win, does it? No, and it's one of those weirdly um, frustrating things that you, you hear get said so often that it almost you know, people sort of absorb it as fact, but like the idea of continuous probability that, that we're going to... like. How can I put this? Like, there's there's six to twelve months between each of these um, Hamden appearances against Celtic. It's not like it's not like someone sits down with with McInnes and says, "Right, you've got 
six games against Celtic one week after another and you have to win one of them. So then you could say, okay, so he'll experiment with some for different formations. He only needs to win one, etc. Here, it's like every game is exists in a complete vacuum. He has to, you know, based on the personnel that we have available, based on the personnel they have available, he has to put together a team and a game plan to try and win that specific game. And it exists in its own little vacuum. I, I, it's just one of those weird things uh, that, that sort of gets bandied about a lot. And the other thing that, that Martin um, sort of raised there um, that, that I think is worthy of, of like digging into a bit is that the, the idea of us closing the gap on them, there's almost like this um, implication that they stay the same, you know, that, that we have to level up. But, but they're a moving target too. Like they adapt as well. Like sometimes we're closer to them as we were at Pataudry the week before. And sometimes we're unfortunately a million miles off them as we have been in that 3-0 League Cup final um, that springs to mind a, a couple of seasons ago when um, Anthony O'Connor had the nightmare. So like just the, I, I don't know, just, just some of these ideas that sort of get thrown around don't really stand up to any kind of scrutiny. You know, there's, there's a lot of moving parts involved and, um, you know, and, and just the idea that, that somehow we, we're just gonna get a bit better and a bit better and that'll compound and they'll stay exactly the same. It, it just doesn't, you know, it just makes no sense. So yeah, long story short, I think, um, it's just fundamentally really, really difficult to beat Celtic in a big game at Hamden. If you're a Scottish team, if you're a European team, if you're a European team, it's easy. But if you're a Scottish team, it's it's really, really tough. And like, and and this all the talk about you know bottling it or sort of bridging the gap and all that it misses the important part, the the biggest part that we're a, a heavy underdog, even. In a perfect storm, it's, you know, it's at best 40-60. We're all focused in Aberdeen, but of course, exactly. us, it, it's every other team. No one has yeah. been in a cup tie in Scotland in the past four and a half years. Yeah, it's a ridiculous record, it really is. And obviously, the only answer is that we keep putting ourselves in the position to make it happen. That's it, and that's that's the that's where so much of the frustration comes in because, like, unfortunately, I know it sounds glib as hell, but the 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 way that we're losing these big games against Celtic, like, yeah, we're getting to the big games against Celtic, and for you know, mo- like most teams would kill for that. I'm not saying we should be content with that. Of course, we should have ambitions higher than that, but. Uh, the more big games you play against them, unfortunately, the more opportunities there are to lose these big games against them and then go, get accused of being bottlers. It's, it's frustrating because I just don't think it applies. I just don't think it fits. I don't think this team is bottlers or McInnes a bottler at all. I would say maybe, maybe the Dundee United um, Scott, uh, League Cup semi-final in about 2014 when... Donovan Daniels scored in his debut and then I think Callum Morris was it that, that scored for them and um, Scott Brown was he the goalkeeper he had a nightmare um, but yeah that game I could I could understand when we get accused of bottling it um, we got ourselves into a winning position and lost even the St Johnston Cup semi-final 
that year, the Stevie May year, I thought um, I thought we played great. I thought we battered them. I thought we were unbelievably unlucky. But okay, you know, let's let's call that one bottling it because we got to a, a winning position against an inferior team and then we lost. Um, beyond that, I just think it's nonsense. And these were all five plus years ago. Um, due to earlier this season, uh, Richard, due to what I can only imagine was a sort of career limiting clerical error, um, we got invited on to the When Saturday Comes podcast. And on there, I made a very tortured analogy that put us in the same position. It, it sort of alluded us to Andy Murray's position. And that Andy Murray was continually getting to finals, Grand Slam finals, continually just falling short, continually not making that breakthrough. But he did eventually, of course, make that breakthrough. And it's just up to the team to get us back there with the two other cup competitions that we've got this season. Yeah, it would be lovely to think that um, we can do that. And look, it's, it's not a bad comparison, is it, when you think of what Andy Murray was up against, the, the giants of uh, world tennis during that time. He, he eventually did reveal. So I think the frustration for our team for all of us, is that, that we did make that breakthrough. We made it back in 2014. The problem has been that, that Celtic have just got better and better. And while Rangers weren't around for a period of that time, um, they've now thrown millions of pounds at it, and they've got better. So it becomes more difficult to make that breakthrough. Um, it doesn't stop us hoping. And there's every chance that we will end up with another big game against Celtic. And that's the, that's the big problem, as, as Christy was saying. If we play Celtic, and it's all down to the draw, of course. Play Celtic at the Tordy in a, in a fourth round tie. Maybe we've got more chance of beating them than in a semi-final or a final at Hamden. But the, the more, the further we go in the competitions, the more likelihood is we're going to lose to Celtic. And it's going to come at the, the business end of the, the tournament. So, I mean, it just, it just goes on and on um, until you make that big breakthrough. Um, and it, it would be lovely, actually, to, to see... Uh, <laughs> just doing that for, for the sake of doing it quite clearly but to see what that then does for the mentality for the confidence for the self-belief the next time we then play them if uh, we do happen to prevail I mean it, look it's still raw of course it's raw it wasn't expected for most of us I think that the Celtic thing they would get through um, but it doesn't stop us hoping that um, we can do it later in the season um, here's one for you Martin it's um Obviously a lot of frustration, a lot of anger out there and I think we had the sort of usual voices translate that into, you know, we'd had a ceasefire for maybe a couple of months but translate that into considering that Derek McInnes wasn't the manager to take us forward. Where are you on that? I'm of the, of the position that, no, I think we probably would be would be better off with a change of manager. Um, I thought I thought that probably for about, for about a year now. But even then, the, the yesterday doesn't change anything with that either way as well. I mean, a lot of the responses yesterday was you know, was accusing the manager of you no know, get it wrong, bottling it, things like that, or you know, Derek always you no know, Derek always you know, sets the team's always lies down to sell like we don't turn up, um, which I, again I think is I think is unfair. There was a lot of accusations as well. I saw some of the replies we got on you know, the, on the, the tweets and on the Facebook stuff as well, saying that we're you know, if Aberdeen are ever going to win a cup, we're going to need somebody else to beat Celtic for us. Who? Who's going to beat Celtic for us? <laughs> Nobody else can do it. Yeah. Nobody else can do it. We know we we've been the closest to doing it because we've we've had more opportunities. I think though that, that, that you're right. There's been a bit of a ceasefire on the McInnes out stuff. Um, I'm not exactly we're not going to be one of these that's like banging the drum every game and every time we give away a corner, demanding the manager's head. 
you know, um, I do I do think that it's perhaps time for a change. But yesterday isn't something that's going to set me off um, screaming from the screaming from the top of the trees. So that was yet another semi final, yet another defeat to Celtic, uh, yet another ninety minutes of frustration for us, and uh, we can. We can put away the uh, the scarves and banners for the hand and final yet again. Except, of course, the season. It doesn't count, does it? None, none of the season's games count. If we're not going to be there, it doesn't count. But on Friday, we won't be there either. And we've got Hibs at Petaudry. And we've spoken at length before about how important third place in the league is going to be this season. And in terms of the shake-up, it clearly looks like there's going to be... Top four slightly ahead of the rest of the league and then the top two slightly ahead of the teams in third and fourth. And Hibs have had a very solid start to this league campaign. I would say, Richard, and and you have had the opportunity to actually see them in the flesh a few times, the way they've been accumulating wins, particularly away from home, it's very much not what we expect from a Hibs team. But I'm not convinced they're actually playing that well. No, it's totally different from what you've anticipated. They've been very stiffy, and I saw them at Tannerise. Neither side was particularly good that day, and they won it thanks to a late goal from Doidge. I saw them at McDermott Park. A similar story. It was an even later penalty from Stevie Marlin. Um, saw them at Celtic Park, and they were actually very good. First half, there was a lot of problems going forward for Celtic that day. The Celtic were tremendous after the break, and eventually won it 3-0. I think um, that part... Olivia, the only team that scored against them. And that, I mean, it's not it's not what you'd have anticipated from Hibs. The first few games of the season, Jack Ross, he kind of alternated between a three and four at the back, but he settled into um, that back four. It's been pretty steady throughout. Um, I would imagine that um, that's the approach that we'll take again on Friday night. Um, again, Portia Stanley and well, Doy has played most of the games. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty familiar in the midfield. Dogic and Newell, essentially. Um, Boyle has been there pretty much every game. This and Dodge have started virtually every game. I guess Adam McGinnis is more likely to play, um, given the, the money they've paid on him. Um, so I think he's benefited from the... I mean, there was a point where, I think it was a Celtic game, I was doing the commentary, and, and they had something like nine players who had played in every game. Um, eight, I think, had started every game at that point. And the figures haven't changed all dramatically um, since then. So one thing's for sure, Terry McGuinness will know exactly what to expect on Friday night. I don't think there'll be any surprises from him. Um, the big issue will be breaking down that head's defence because it has been it has been so solid uh, on the roads this season, apart from that game at Celtic Park. Well, if we didn't have a good weekend, Christy, they had a terrible weekend. Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all, uh, I'm all for it when Hibs get beat. It'll never cease to be funny. Um, and I've got, um, <laughs> I've got a, a heavy body. A heavy Did you get kicking on that bridge one time, Christy? Is this it? <laughs> no, I used to live on Easter Road actually for a year. Um, yeah, I, I've got a wee soft spot for Hibs actually. My dad's a hybie, but, um, and I've got, Plenty of friends who are, but uh, yeah, it's always hilarious when they lose because they they don't see it coming. <laughs> they never learn. They're always optimistic. They always lose. Hilarious. Um, yeah, I, I fancy us on Friday because it's the type of game that we win generally. 
Um, we we know what to do in games like this, and we tend to get the job done. Very McInnes type of game, as Richard as Richard said. Um, yeah, I, I thoroughly expect us to win. What formation goes with? I mean, having stuck with the, the three at the back for most of the season, and then having made that change during the game against Celtic, does he contemplate going with four at the back, or will he just revert to what he's become tried and tested? I was terrified um, last time we played Hibs and we went with three at the back because Martin Boyle up against Constantine, you know, I'm sure Constantine's still having nightmares from that last season, albeit when Constantine was at, at left back rather than um, left sided centre back. But uh, no, I think we'll stick with what we've been doing, the 3 4 3. Yeah, it's, it worked last time. I thought we were really good against them at Easter Road. I thought it was. Um, much more comfortable than the scoreline suggested. And uh, yeah, Richard, just to, to bring it back to the question that you're asking there, yes, I did just um, do exactly what I accused my Hibs support and friends of doing. But the difference is we've got the track record to back it up because we tend to beat them, whereas they lose every time in their big games. Um, I wonder, so with the way in which they're accumulating points despite not playing that well, if, you know, they seem a bit like early Aberdeen McInnes in some respects. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's a fair analysis, probably. I mean, I'm a little bit surprised because um, when Jack Ross, I, I didn't see much of Alua when he was there, but certainly when he went to St. Mirren, um, I don't recall him being just quite as solid as the back as as Hibs have been this season. And there were, there were certainly... Um, Okay, they, they were stepping up in the championship and had this, the season there where they just blew everyone away. But they played a lot of um, good attacking football. And I know Jack, I mean, he wants to play that uh, type of football. And he's certainly got the players who are capable of doing it. And they have, on occasions this season, I've seen them. They have cut loose and they have been really threatening. But he does seem to have um, found that formula at the back and he's stuck with it. Um, I mean, Marciano, I think, is, is still liable to throw one in every now and again, and that's got to be a concern. Um, Ryan Porteous still had his moments where the blood just rushes to his head and he, um, he knocks over the nearest <laughs> opponent. Um, but, but, but he has calmed down a bit. Um, and I think Paul Hamlin's a good steadying influence alongside him. So, I mean, I can see why they have been so good at the back this season. Um, I mean, I, for me, the, the average performance the road was probably our best of the season, and I think you, you pick on that, and you build on that, and take that into the next one. Um, the one thing is that we, generally speaking, from, from my point of view, that we're better away from home than we are at Patrick these days, and that would be my only concern, I think. If we don't get an early goal on that one, that the old frustrations might start to kick in again. Yeah, it's definitely been the case this year that um, we have struggled at home. Even in the games recently, we've won against the likes of St Mirren, for example. That you know that went right to the depth, uh, the death rather. Um, Martin, even if we don't think there might be a shift in formation, and we've got the fact that uh, there's a couple of injuries which we've picked up um, to to deal with. Marley Watkins, if he misses out, I guess is a fairly straight like for like replacement there, and playing Scott Wright. Um, if Johnny Hayes is still out, though, obviously we could we could stick to what we saw on Saturday, uh, Sunday rather, which I thought was really quite ultra attacking, going with Hedges and Kennedy as the wingbacks. Or we saw Greg Lee come off the bench on on 
Sunday. So that obviously uh, is an option to play that wing back role and put Kennedy back to the right side where he started the season. Yeah, I think that would be an interesting one. I mean, you know, Christy rightly mentions there that you no know, uh, Conside had a bit of a tough time with Martin Boyle. Um, so having having someone like Lee Lee maybe there um, to give a little a little bit of protection on the left hand side maybe wouldn't be the worst thing. I think let's say Kennedy deserves to deserves to keep his spot in the side anyway, whether he's on the left hand side or the right. Um, he was one of the he was one of the brightest sparks for us yesterday. I don't think we would be changing it changing it back to the the four anyway. I think we you know he's found something that's that is working for us. Um, you know, we've got we've got a central midfield partnership that is excellent um, in McCrory and Ferguson. Um, so and, I, and I, I like how they operate in 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 the middle of that midfield with a three four three. So I wouldn't I wouldn't like to change it. It is just a case like you say we want to see more of Greg Lee. Um, no, we've only obviously only saw a little bit of him yesterday when we came on. And the game was, the game really was done by then, so you couldn't really get a proper look at him again. So I think that will be interesting. I mean, if if Hayes is out, um, which you no, know, it, it looks it looks likely. Um, I think that we've got several options as well, which is which is good. You no, know, we've we've spoken many times on here about the strength of the squad, um, and that's something we can be really positive about. You know, we're you know. We're we're talking about all these options and things like that, and we barely you barely scratch the surface and mention someone like Neil McGinn um, coming in. You know um, that shows that shows what we can do. I mean, there's no there's nothing to say that you know McGinn maybe won't get a fight, won't get a start. We we'll see some minutes out of him as well uh, because I think that you know Hibbs as as we mentioned there, you no know, they've got a, they've got a suspect goalkeeper, which is you no know, while their while their season is very un Hibbs like, having a suspect goalkeeper is very Hibbs like. Um, and I think we, it, it, we we can laugh, but it is um, you know they, they really have down you know you look down the years some of the names um, it is a, it's, a, it's just like a it's like a rogues gallery um, and I think that that's no we'll look at guys like that can give you that option and maybe to t- no, take good shots from distance. Nell McGinn's one of those guys who could have done who could do what Ryan Christie did yesterday to us. Um, so I think that he would be an option to come in as well. So I think it will be interesting to see how he goes. Um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too unhappy to see Greg Lee get some minutes anyway. Uh, just finally, Richard, on Hibbs, uh, is there set up these days more three five two or is it um, Doidge and Nisbet up front or is it more well, of a yeah, three? No, no, he's been playing. I mean, as I say, he started with a three early in the season, but it's been the four. He's played with the, the four ever since. First. Okay, but is it two up top or? Yes, this bit Deutsch. Okay, uh, so the, us going three at the back would make a bit more sense than perhaps sense. it did on yeah. on on Sunday uh, against I, the. I mean, I just wonder if, um, I'd leave, and it might be a complete bolt from the blue, but if we're not, you know, Johnny's obviously got more defensive um, capabilities. If he's not playing, if he does keep Kennedy on that side, whether even the the lesser spotter Ronald Hernandez <laughs> might come into his thinking. Well. Interesting to see him at some point this season. Yeah, I, I thought we were going to get a whole show without talking about Ronnie Hernandez, but no. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's fair to say that that's obviously been a, a hot topic amongst the support. It's not often that we pay um, close to a million pounds for footballer, and it's very unusual for them to then barely feature for the uh, 10 months after he signs. But uh, he's, uh, he's contracted here for another four years, so he's going to be here whether he likes it or not. Anyway, um, that was our show this week. Um, I hope you find some solace amongst the misery of uh, another losing hand in afternoon. Our thanks to Christy Keenan for joining us. Thank you, Christy. My pleasure. Cheers, guys. And to Richard Gordon. Thanks, Richard. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Anything. And, of course, to Martin Clunas. Martin, thanks. Thank you, Richard.
We'll be back with you immediately after the final whistle on Friday night with a debrief of the Hibs game and the regular show next week. Until then, come on you Reds.